Edge is away from McCulloch. Thurston gets the ball to Morgan. Morgan crosses the 20. Comes away to O'Neill. Welcome to Above the Horizontal, a podcast about rugby league. I'm your host, Bo Nicholson. Our show is hosted and produced by a bunch of ex-writers for Real Sport back when they actually covered real sports. Much like them, we are by the fans and for the fans, and we like to have some fun while we try to delve into a bit of analysis as well. Before the season starts in 2023, we've assembled a craft team to run our eye over each squad and predict how their season will go for them. And to talk with me about the Melbourne Storm, who came fifth in 2022, only to be eliminated in the first week of the finals, I have Daniel Friend. Friendy, how are you? I'm well, thanks, Bo. Ready to rock and roll again and talk about one of the big boys in the competition. The big boys, they have been for a good couple of decades. There is some chat they might not be anymore. Christopher Waring is also here to chat about the big boys of the competition. Chris, how are you? Yeah, good, mate. One of the more interesting teams, I think, to discuss, Storm, in in terms of their future direction. I think there might be some contention about it, so I'm ready to go. So what we're going to do, we're going to do the same thing as we've done with the other teams, which is talk about recruitment, the coach, who is, of course, still Craig Bellamy. Uh, We're going to dissect each part of the team, forwards, spine, backs, as well as maybe some pointed questions about the storm and give some predictions at the end. We're going to start with recruitment. So the big news, I suppose, is that they've had a bit of a a turnover, a bit of a changing of the guard, if you will, especially in the forward pack with Jesse Bromwich and Kenny Bromwich, Felice Cafusi, Brandon Smith, all leaving the club, three of which going to the Dolphins. And coming into the club to replace them, essentially, is Tarek Sims, Aaron Penne, and Alicia Katoa. Friendy, do you rate the recruitment of the Storm this year? In a weird sort of way, I do, because normally Bellamy, he just uses the the young guys at his disposal and, and brings them through the grades, which he's done with guys like Trent Liero, Ali McDonald, and people like that. But I think there's there's something in Sims, Katoa, uh, that, that Bellamy can sort of bring out in those guys. There's some real serious footballers in there. So, I don't mind it because I do think particularly Jesse Bromwich and Felice Kafusi were maybe starting to wane a little bit. I think Kenny still has a bit to offer, but yeah, I, I, I'm going to go with rate, but in a weird sort of way, if that makes sense. Uh, yeah, I've just got a similar kind of thought where um, I think Sims will benefit from being in the Storm system. Katoa's uh, quietly on the road player. And yeah, just in terms of yeah, I think they've, and I agree. Um, Kenny Kenny Bromwich, I think, is a big loss. But yeah, in terms of like the the swap in the forwards there, Kafusi and Bromwich out for the aforementioned ones. Yeah, like it's it's quietly okay. Like obviously they haven't got a massive name coming in or anything, but um, in context of their squad as a whole, I think I think it's okay. Friendy mentioned the coach Craig Bellamy, who is of course one of the greatest coaches ever. He has one of the best records, even when you factor in those two premierships that were removed from the club. And you've got to consider the fact that, yes, obviously they cheated the salary cap, but they cheated the salary cap trying to keep players that they grew into those players as well. So I still give a lot of that credit to Bellamy. Chris, has Bellamy still got the magic? Do you rate him as the Storm coach moving forward? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think he still has it within him. And, you know, his record has shown that. 
over the you know the length of time. And while I do think um, length of time does, you can I guess grow out of comfort in a, in a place of being too long. And I think there are slight signs of that. I still think he's the best option to coach them um, in the immediate future. Anyway. Yeah, I, I have him as number one of all time for me. I think it's a competition. Well, I, I guess a. Between him and Wayne is probably the grand final for me of the best coaches of all time. Um, but, yeah, I, I actually have Bellamy. So, yeah, I, of course, I still rate him. Curious about that. Why Why is that? Is it, is it the facts? Is it the calibre of players that he's managed to develop from, you know, entering first grade to where they became? Yeah, that's exactly it. I think Wayne is the best uh, man manager and, and sort of player whisperer, if, if that makes sense. So, I think Wayne maybe understands the the psyche and how to get the best out of his players in in that way. But in terms of pure coaching and technical things, I think Craig Bellamy is, yeah, he's a really hard taskmaster and he, and he brings the best out of his players week in, week out. And, yeah, I, I mean, it's, yeah, they're, they're the two best for mine. I never saw Jack Gibson. I rate Phil Gould highly as well, but he didn't have much to do with club sides since I've been watching. But, yeah, so I, I just, yeah, I've got Bellamy as the best for mine. Yeah, it's fair call. I, I obviously rate that as well. Now, the forward pack, as we talked about, that's the position on the field that's made – had the biggest flux for the Storm at the moment. Uh, they still have guys like Nelson Asofa Solomona. They have Josh King, Maroa. Not much else, really. I suppose they've got Christian Welch returning from injury as well. Kamakamith is a good player too. Chris, do you rate their forward pack? Uh, yes, but it's very um, starting 17 heavy where the, the depth is uh, not the best. But it's going to be, I think, crucially important that Christian Welch can get through a season uninjured for the Storm to do, I guess, to reach their potential in a way. But... Like, yeah, the, the forwards who will be in the, the, their full strength 17 are, you know, quite great, actually. You know, Big Nelson and, you know, Kamikameka is, I think, quietly underrated. But, yeah, it's, it's very top-heavy. So I'll say it's okay, but with a, a bit of a caution. Yeah, the depth will certainly be tested this year. So that's the big challenge for Melbourne. But I think, as Chris alluded to, with their, their top side there, I'll go with Raid. Um, I think Big Nelson, he, he's just... On his day, he's just the most damaging front rower in the competition, isn't he? He just skittles defence and opens it all up for Harry Grant. And I wouldn't be surprised if, again, I just watched a bit of the trial before and um, he'll spend some time on the edge as well this year. So, yeah, watch out, halves. He's off contract this year too, Nelson. Mm. So do be careful of big Nelson. Now the spine, arguably one of the best players in the world. I think he's in the top three. Cameron Munster at 5'8". You've got Jerome Hughes who has developed into a very, very, very good halfback. Harry Grant has developed into one of the best dummy halves. They don't have Brandon Smith in the rotation anymore, in the dummy half rotation. And at fullback, Pappenhausen, of course, is the first choice fullback, but he is going to be injured for at least the first six to eight weeks, I think I read the other day. We are recording on the 19th of February. So we're looking at maybe Nick Meany at fullback, I would have a guess. Friendy, do you rate that spine? Yeah, I rate that spine highly. I th- I'm just obviously everyone knows how good Cameron Munster is, especially on the big stage. But yeah, Harry Grant, I'm just such a fan of his. I I have him as one of the best players in the competition. Um, Jerome Hughes, he's proven himself down in Melbourne to be one of the best halves in the competition as well. And Nick Meaney, he did a great job last year deputising for Pappenhausen. So 
Yep, I certainly rate their spine. Yeah, much the same. Um, you know, Papenhausen there, it's probably arguably the, on paper at least, probably the strongest squad in the competition. Yeah, Nick Meaney's very uh, quietly, it's underrated, very versatile, but um, is, you know, you can definitely get worse. Uh, worse feelings than him. So, yeah, uh, the spine is tops. And their back line. Now, we've got guys like Remus Smith, who will be returning from injury. I think they missed him last year, to be honest. Uh, Justin Ollum's a very damaging center. Xavier Coates hopefully has a bit of an injury-free year as well. Chris, do you rate that back line? It's okay. Hopefully, Marin Seves practiced his edge defense a little bit <laughs> uh, this year. On a very serious note, he caused all kinds of trouble for them. Their defensive scheme just could not make a tackle. But yeah, like the, I think the back line is probably the weakest, I guess, portion of, you know, as, as opposed to the forwards or the spine. But it's not awful by any means. Yeah, I, I don't mind their back line. Uh, I think there's some important parts there that uh, all good premiership winning sides need and big wingers and things like that and aggressive centres. And I think they cover those bases. So, yeah, I'll go with rate. I'll also go with rate. So, now, let me ask you guys some pointed questions about the Storm. First of all, now that they came fifth last year, you know, they had a lot of injuries. Their depth was really tested and found wanting at certain points. They still kept, they still managed to come fifth, but they lost the first game against the Raiders and were kicked out of the finals. Friendy, is the dynasty over? No, I don't think the dynasty's over. I, I think they'll bounce back this year. Uh, I watched them in their trial match this weekend, and they started off a bit slow and clunky and, and dropped the ball plenty, but then halftime came, and I reckon they've copped a bake already from the master coach, Bellamy, and they came out firing in the second half, and and looked quite good. So, yeah, I think they'll have a big season again. And as per usual, the first 10 rounds look for them to be up the top of the competition somewhere. They just they bank wins and um, then they, they go from there and set their season up really well. So, no, I don't think the dynasty's over. Yeah, I was kind of wondering, kind of going back and forward on in my head. I think if they're sort of using the question as, are they done as a genuine premiership chance, I'm going to say yes. But I still think they're going to be like a top six team the way their injuries have tended to happen, again, it's not it's very rare. Everything's going to go 100% to plan. Um, you know, Welch and uh, Pepinhausen's common occurrences at this point of them missing severe game time. But, yeah, I just think they showed a bit last season that I'm not sure just some of their edge has gone away just a bit. I still think they're going to be a great team, but I, I, don't, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't class them as a, a genuine premiership threat this year. One question I have for you guys without notice, Christian Welch has been announced as the captain of the club. Chris, is that the right choice? Uh, it's just an everyday bloke, isn't he, Christian Welch? Um, <laughs> well, so again, like uh, we've kind of harped on it a bit, but like the bloke is injured every second game. But in terms of like personality and I think game IQ and stuff like that, I would say yes, or, or maybe even Jerome Hughes. Like, I don't think it's an awful option, but, yeah, I guess availability will be interesting to see if that's impacted. But, yeah, I, I probably would have said Jerome Hughes, Jerome Hughes for mine, but, um, yeah, it's not a bad decision, I don't think. Well, are you, Friendy? Would you have gone with Welch or somebody else in the squad? Yeah, I can uh, – I don't know. He's not a bad decision. I, th- I think Chris could be on the money there with uh, Jerome Hughes. But, yeah, Welch is, is not a bad call. He's a, he's a smart sort of guy, so I think – all they're looking for really is um, a calm head on the field with 
things like challenges and, and speaking to referees at the right time to get their players a break and things like that. So I'm not sure someone like Cameron Munster, whilst he's their leader, I would have thought, with the ball and, and on the field, maybe he's not the calmest head to speak to referees and mm. um, when the game's in the balance because he might have a bit of a blow-up in him. So, yeah, maybe Welch is the right guy for that reason. Um, yeah, but Hughes could have been an option too. I've, I love Christian Welsh. You guys know that. I'm a I'm a, a card-holding member of the club. So, uh, yes, Christian Welsh is the right choice for me. Last point of question I have for you guys, I guess. I mentioned that Pappenhausen is going to be out for probably at least a couple of months to start the season. Now, that probably puts a name through him for Origin and stuff like that. But how important is this guy? Like, is, is his injury, Friendy, going to stop them from getting into the top four, do you think? Like, is he the difference? It's a tough one. I'd like to think no, because they've got, well, the Australian dummy half. I I guess he played 14 or whatever. But but Harry Grant, an Australian representative, you've got Cameron Munster in the six, who, yeah, is one of the best in the competition. And then you've also got uh, Jerome Hughes, who is the New Zealand halfback. So there's enough there in the creative positions to get them a lot of wins, particularly against the weaker sides. So when they come up against the big ones, they should be able to put all their energy into those games. And, you know, I think they can still make the four, definitely. Same question to you, Chris. Is, is Pappenhausen's injury and long layoff going to prevent them from getting into the top four? Uh, it'll be a factor. Um, will it, would that be the sole reason? I don't think so. I think there's other things at play, like broader depth uh, of the squad. But yeah, we'll get to I guess the prediction, the latter prediction shortly. But um, I think it'll be a factor. Yeah, the the fact that Pavenhausen, you know, not to go too much in the future, but you know, the, I think there's some probably some proper concern at this point about his career and being, you know, having being able to play, you know, let's say seventy five percent of games in a year. Um, so yeah, I think it's definitely a factor. Fractured kneecap, I believe it was. That's a hell of an injury. I think it will be a factor as well. And to jump ahead to that prediction you're talking about, I we I ask the boys usually to put it either top four, fifth to eighth, ninth to twelfth, or bottom five. Uh, I've got the Storm at fifth to eighth. I think they'll have a similar year to last year in the sense that they'll be a strong team. Of course, they're capable of beating just about any team in the comp on their day with the team they have. But those depth issues, if they have a couple of injuries, I'm worried about them. So I think fifth, sixth, maybe seventh is where they'll land personally. Chris, it sounds like you're in a similar vein of thought. Yeah, I think they'll be. I think they'll they'll belt every team pretty much below them, but they won't have enough generally to beat you know um, Penrith, like the teams like Penrith, for example. So yeah, I've got them about. Yeah, fifth or sixth, very similar to last year. Friendy, do we have too little faith in Craig Bellamy and the system? From my point of view, yes. I've got them top four. I think they'll be right up there again. And uh, that's heavily reliant on having a good run with injuries. But, uh, yeah, top four for me, I'm, I just can't write them off until they, they write themselves off, I guess. So, yeah, top four for mine. I'd love to see it. I do like the Storm. A lot of Queenslanders. That's the that's the advantage they have. A lot of Queenslanders and Kiwis. Last thing for the Storm is the bowl prediction. Friendy, do you have a bowl prediction for the Storm? Yeah, I think Nick Meaney can be top point scorer this year across the competition. I think he's got a real opportunity there. So, so you'd expect him to revert to the wing once Pappenhausen yeah. returns? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and I think he's a good solid goal kicker. I think they'll score plenty of points. Um, yeah, I think he'll be right up there. Yeah, right. I like that. 
Chris, do you have a bold prediction for the Storm? Tarek seems to be, I guess, to revitalize his career. What the metric of that is, I'm not entirely sure. Maybe it's back in origin contention, but um, yeah, I think his career kind of towed off a bit there towards, you know, was, you know, at the Dragons. So I think his, his career will receive a nice bump. My bold prediction is that wherever he lands, whether it be at the Storm to re- re-sign or to another club, I I reckon Nelson Asofa Solomon is going to re-sign bumper deal. I'm thinking 800k plus a season. I reckon he's going to be in that territory. Can I tell you where it'll be? Go ahead. Yeah. The the Wallabies. Yeah, that's what I've heard. Oh, uh, so as as in not the All Blacks, not the All Blacks, which is bizarre because he played for the Junior All Blacks. But yeah, apparently he so he was in he was quoted in the paper the other day. I'm waiting for Eddie to ring me, Eddie Jones, yeah, the new Wall- so. the Wallaby coach. So yeah, watch this space. Well, then he's definitely going to have more than 800k a year. My, what, what's he going to do? What like what position would he play? Would he be like a, like an inside center or something? Nah, second row, second row. Too big for that. Yeah, so he's called he's it's called lock in Union, uh, but it's second row. So he'll do a lot of the lineouts and like the jumping in the lineouts and, and potentially lifting other guys in lineouts and he'll be sort of hard running near the ruck. Uh, but, yeah, he, he played second row when he was younger and he's he's basically that that style or that build for that position, yeah. I was just going to say, I read the other day, I think it was linked to that article as well, where he was critiquing the modern game being far too quick for him, essentially yeah. saying that the rule changes, like you're forcing my hand for me to be as, as effective as possible. Um, you know, I'll never go to rugby, which is, I guess, to the point you made, friendly about seeing him on the edge. It would be interesting to see if that's, like, intentional to try to get him out of the middle a bit, get him out of, you know, less defensive work and just get him running at small blokes all day. Yeah. See if that will help change his mind or not. Interesting. Like, Craig Bellamy playing, like, 4D chess, <laughs> just trying to keep this guy in the game. Genius, as some would say. <laughs> Absolute genius. Boys, thank you very, very much, especially for your rugby union expertise. Thank you, Friendy. Thank you, Chris. And thank you to the audience for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, please like, comment, rate us if you can, five stars preferred, and subscribe so you can go above the horizontal next episode where we talk about the Raiders. But until then... Above the Horizontal is a rugby league podcast by the fans and for the fans. It's produced by our entire team of former writers for Real Sport, including Daniel Friend, Christopher Waring, Miles Stebbin, Kieran Gibson, and me, Bo Nicholson. We'd love it if you could support us by telling a rugby league fan about us so they can go above the horizontal as well. Thanks for listening. See you next time. You know what's tricky sometimes? Picking who is going to win at the Oscars. You have to get yourself to a cinema to see all the movies, or at least have all the possible streaming services to make sure you don't miss a single one. You have to pay attention to all the precursor award shows to see who's winning so far. The Golden Globes, the BAFTAs, they're the pretty obvious ones. But don't forget the Critics' Choice Awards, or the SAGs, or the DGAs, or the PGAs, or the Eddies, or the Gothams, or the AFI Top 10, or the National Board of Review. Ugh. Exhausting right? Or you can just join me for a Academy Watch on the We Made This Podcast Network. I'm the host, Bo Nicholson, and I've been reading the trends, keeping stats, and seeing as many movies as humanly possible, and I can tell you who the big players will be on the big night. 
me and a different guest each week will also be dissecting one of the key movies each season, including giving out personal awards and diving into them thematically. Will Everything Everywhere All at Once remain the frontrunner and win Best Picture, or will a film seize the momentum late in the season to storm home, like Coda did last year? Time will tell, but what I do know is that as it happens, you'll hear it on Academy Watch, wherever you get your podcasts.